Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the Weekly Movie Show with the boys Connor Hello. and Benny. Hey. It is almost the end of November, guys. I cannot believe it. 2018 is almost wrapped up. So I've caught up on a couple movies this week uh, in preparation for our best and worst of the year, which is coming up. I've actually made a list of films that I need to catch up on. I'm like, I literally do not have enough time. If I started watching movies right now and just continued on until the end of the year, I might make it just in time. I put it on my um, my reminders for my iPhone so I can just click them off when I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And I have so many titles on there. I literally just went through like the, the Wikipedia, what's been released, and I was like, obviously I'm not going to see all these. So I just picked out about 40 of them. <laughs> so I can, I, I just, if I started watching now and, and just continued 40. back Shit. to back, I can't, I can't even remember how many. I had about three and a half. <laughs> um, I've got so many to catch up wow. on. It's actually kind of daunting. I've got it. I actually think I've got it here. With I'll, I'll give you some of the titles that I want to get through um, A Simple Favor, Star, uh, Star is Born, Annihilation, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Aquaman. Some of these haven't come out yet. These are just things that I need to Ant-Man see. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, oh. Bad Times at the Ale Royale, Black Klansman, Blockers, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody, Rhapsody um, Boy Erased, um, fuck, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Creed Two, Death Wish, Den of Thieves, Early Man, um, First Man, uh, Gotti. I really want to see Gotti. <laughs> oh. It's meant to be horrifically bad yeah looks that um you missed a lot of movies this year. oh my god <laughs> halloween hereditary um wow Holmes and Wat- uh, watson Hol- uh, hotel artemis um I think we reviewed half of these <laughs> i know uh john uh, uh leave no trace uh maze runner mortal engines no um neither of those oceans eight well i'm i'm trying to i also need to um fill out the bad, fill out list. The bad list can you can you send <laughs> Papi- me this apparently, list apparently papillon is is either has just come out or is coming out this year. I think it came out like earlier in the year. Which one? The Papillon um, remake. Mm. No, um, I didn't. With, uh, um, oh, the will... guy from Sons of Anarchy, I believe. Ron It'll... Perlman? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what character would Ron Perlman play in Papillon? <laughs> <laughs> the main one? <laughs> God, there's so many more. Sorry to bother you, Suspiria. You know what oh, one, oh, one oh, that's oh, on oh, there oh, that, oh, that oh, I really want to oh, see? Oh, uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Hell yes. Based on your recommendation alone. I can't wait to watch that again. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. And then there's there's so many more. Okay. And they are. You, they are. you have oh, to get oh my God. fucking moving so stuff because that's a fuck of work to do. I've knocked off about half of those. Yeah. So, and I, and I, this week, I, um, I checked off none of them. Um, <laughs> Out of the shadows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Round four. Round five, please. Um, no, but I did go on a Netflix binge. Um, so there's a lot of titles that I wanted to watch. Obviously, we all watched um, Buster Scruggs, um, which is the new Coen Brothers one. Um, and we'll, we've got a review of that out at the moment. Um, but in addition to that, I have continued watching uh, The Haunting of Hill House. I'm up to episode, I think it's I'm halfway through episode seven. I was watching it just before I got here. I was looking at my watch and kind of thinking like, it, take, it takes me 20 <laughs> minutes to get to George's. And I can like I was really taking it right up to the, the last moment. Um, I'm enthralled with this series. It's got his hooks in now, don't it? Oh my God. The first two episodes were interesting, but they didn't really sink their claws into me. Three onwards. Holy shit. I think episode three is where it really, that contextualizes a lot of things. How far are you into it now? I've just finished four, four. I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I'm going to try and polish it off this week. Yeah. 
Oh, that's my I, goal. I, I that's my fucking goal, man. I think Polish it off Luke, Luke's episode is where I fell in love with the uh, the tall guy floating around, tapping his cane, <gasps> trying to get his hat back. Creepy as fucking fuck. Goal. But uh, so we won't get into any spoilers. But I've already said exactly this on the show, episode six. Um, mm. From a technical standpoint, no story stuff, but just amazing. Like I was just saying, you I mean, Connor earlier when you came in that they designed the entire production of the series around shooting episode six, which mm. is basically four long shots. Okay. Um, it's it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Te- technically speaking, that is a really excellent episode. Um, ben, you mentioned that some people might think it's gimmicky, but I thought it was pulled off seamlessly. Mm. Um, and it doesn't do it in any kind of way that sacrifices story or character development. Not there at all, no. An absolute bucket load of character development. Mm. If That's anything, so it really effective. bolsters what's happening in the story. It really captures the, um, the intensity of it. Yeah. The... In episode three, that focuses on what's her name? Um, Theo. 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 Yeah. Love that character. The smiling. The man. smiling man at the <laughs> end of the bed. <laughs> oh my god! And it has in Mike Flanagan. He is so good mm. at just the glimpse moments of horror. It's not lathered with jump scares this and is there. stuff. It's just, this is like that's it. Just peaks and troughs at the perfect moments. He has such a good handle on it, mm. and it really captures your. Your yeah. interest. I think well, a, for me, it does. I think there's a moment in episode five, the Nelly episode, that um, it kind of struck me that what happens with horror f- films so often is that they are trying to achieve the mantle of scariest horror film ever. And that's every time that there's marketing on horror films, that's what they go for. That's what the studio wants. That's all this kind of stuff. But they always tend to do it at the sacrifice of good story or good character development or all those other things that actually make a movie. They just think as long as it's scary, they don't need the rest of that. Um, and so that's why I think it's so refreshing to come across um, horror films and horror anthologies and horror you know, TV series that take the time to make a really coherent um, story uh, that is interesting and, and that um, – takes the time to, to develop characters that are interesting. I was just thinking before you started that it's amazing that after all this time, I, me, still remember so many characters' names from this show. Yeah. Because I seriously, by the end of the series, like, I actually loved all of the characters, which is yeah. so impressive. For They're like so this. real. Mm. They're so dynamic. And I feel like it's some of the best performances I've seen on TV in, in a long time. So well cast. From everyone. an un... Uh, like, I don't think I've seen any of these guys in other stuff other than Mike reoccurring Flanagan's Mike stuff. Flanagan's yeah. uh, recurring cast members. Yeah. And is it one of them's Game of Thrones guy? Um, the, the eldest brother. I've seen season one. Yeah, okay, sorry. I've seen season one. <laughs> He's uh, Dario Naharis, if that's a name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know but I'm so I keen to see how this wraps up because this is going to be. I, I, once we're done, let's do a review. Please. Because. Please. That's long overdue. I I'm feel. so glad you guys are getting into this thing. Yeah, now. I, I spent a few weeks there without you guys watching yeah. it. Like, I'd need other people to yeah. talk to. About I this. need. Uh, I think I'm going to watch this many, many times yeah. over the years. Yeah, I've already um, seen it twice. Continuing my Netflix binge this week, um, I also watched The Outlaw King. Um, so starring Chris Pine's dick. Yeah, <laughs> from, from what I hear. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. A, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> um, straight up. <laughs> straight up. Wow. That's <laughs> revolutionary. Well, well, maybe not. Maybe not like that. Yeah, um, yeah this was... Look, I, I was kind of uh, keen to see this film. Um, the trailers kind of, um, kind of hooked me in. Um, I love historical fiction. Um, 
It's Robert the Bruce, is it this? It's story? Robert the Bruce. Um, yeah. Which brings me, I guess, to my first thing about this film, um, which is that this is a story that's used for the last, oh God, what, like 20, 30 years has been dominated by William Wallace. I mean, Braveheart is the quintessential Scottish liberation movie. Um, and for all intents and purposes, throughout my childhood and throughout, you know, kind of my adult life, um, uh, William Wallace was Mel Gibson. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that they decided to focus on the same story, but from a different character. Mm. Um, and my first question was, how are they going to address William Wallace within the, within the film? And I thought that they did it really well. Um, is he in the film? Uh, parts, <laughs> parts. Um, but it, it, it doesn't steal the thunder at all. Um, which I'm really glad that they kind of left that be. They really let Braveheart be its own story, and this kind of sits as a complimentary um, addition to that. Does Mel come back? Yep. It's quite surprising. <laughs> like, I could have. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's good to hear, man. I'm glad um, they're keeping the canon, the Braveheart <laughs> canon. Yeah, the, um, the Braveheart cinematic universe. <laughs> beyond that, I will say that this film really impressed me. Cool. It felt like uh, a serious step up for Netflix. Um, I really liked Chris Pine in this. I thought, for the most part, his accent was... Uh, I'll say serviceable. I can't say that for many of the other characters. Uh, there were some people that were were not great. I, I find that a lot of accents break down when they when people yell. Um, and in a movie about Scottish people, that's a recipe for disaster because half the people are just yelling in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to assume Aaron Taylor Johnson was bad in this because his Quicksilver accent was not too good either. No. <laughs> Actually, one of the better accents. Wow. I'll okay. Say. Um, Sorry, I just still remember him in Age of Ultron. He's like, I also have a little picture. Yeah. <laughs> I take it out of my pocket and look at it every night. <laughs> Twenty million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Taylor Johnson was actually really good in this, and it wasn't until like I'd say three quarters of the way through this film that I was like, Is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? <laughs> yeah. um, That's more a comment on where his career has been in the past few years, for sure. Uh, maybe, um, but uh, yeah, like he he doesn't look recognizable, and definitely uh, um, one of my favorite characters in the in this. Um, I will say that this movie doesn't pull any punches. Um, it uh, it's it's a bit it's fairly gory, mm. um, and um, and doesn't not only just kind of doesn't pull punches in terms of gore, but just straight up brutality um and it it without pushing it too far so it's not like gore porn or anything like that but mm. it is um, it shows the violence it yeah it, it it shows the violence it's presumably servicing a point in this narrative yeah exactly it's yeah. a brutal time it's a brutal time they i mean they got the 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 whole the culture of the time i think pretty well as well nice. i mean there is an absolute bucket load of of religious um uh themes and and just kind of incorporating how powerful the church was at the time um so everything has that kind of um spin on it um yeah it's just a, it's a beautiful kind of mix of political and and um you know adventure and it just genuinely really good time sounds like a, overall a very positive review i look i i i finished it up and i was, I, I couldn't really think of anything bad to say about it. And I was really, really impressed. Sorry, seems pretty tailor-made for you. 
would you recommend it to others uh, or specifically us necessarily? Because you especially said, like, I haven't even seen um, Braveheart. And you've got you've got some Scott in you, don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, way back where. Um, I think, Ben, you'd probably enjoy it more than George. Um, simply because of the pacing, um, I can see George falling asleep <laughs> about three quarters of the way through this film. Um Needs more Cockney hustle, like yeah. You know, but <laughs> but no, I think <laughs> purely based on just the the genuinely well made nature of this film, like it's just it's really well made. Mm. Um, I think that, yeah, I just think you would enjoy it based off that. I think I'll like it just because when we Connor were in Scotland, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's an automatic. In addition to that, uh, when we were in Scotland, we were getting all into this kind of you know, fifteenth uh, mm. century onwards Scottish history. We yeah. us when we went on the podcast trip. To yeah, I mean, all yeah. you guys <laughs> you know, and the cats. Can you believe <laughs> how rude it was that he didn't invite us on that part of his honeymoon? Outrageous. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? That's exclude yeah. you guys in something. Yeah. <laughs> I was never um, going to the wedding, but I would have come to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's so um, I, you know always keen to uh, see a bit of Scottish history. Yeah. No, genuinely, it's it's really good. Um. All right. So that's. That's that. I also watched and Ben. I might Is that be the stealing. first film of yours. Fucking hell! <laughs> no, that's well. Outlaw King, Buster Scruggs, Haunting of Hill House, and then Ben. This might tailor into yours um, quite nicely, which is I watched that doco that you sent me on The Hobbit. Ah, I'm glad oh, to hear. Like cool. a feature length doco by Lindsay. Um, what's her name? Damn it, I'm blanking. Lindsay Ellis. Lindsay um, Ellis, formerly the Nostalgia Chick. Yeah, I, and I want to give a massive like I I I've, I haven't watched any of her stuff, mm. but I was so goddamn impressed with this. Yeah, just cutting quickly, Lindsay Ellis. Um, all her stuff's on YouTube. She's amazing. She's one of the best film essayists I've seen ever. Oh, yeah. And this documentary in particular is Hobbit. This three part, um, half hour each documentary on the. Uh, there's a third part. There's a um, okay. Right. Sorry, I haven't watched the first two in a while. Um. It, it's a just a documentary on the production of the Hobbit and a lot of stuff that I was not privy to whatsoever. It, What's the angle here? Um, what the fuck went wrong? Yeah, it it kind of encapsulates a whole a whole bunch of different angles on why the Hobbit didn't work. And we're talking about from the end product perspective and the whole production perspective as oh, well. Everything, everything, yes. everything. and everything. from the point of view of someone to whom the Lord of the Rings means a lot. Yeah, and um, this is just like this was a big <laughs> you know disappointment. I, big deal. Genuinely felt yeah. like she was speaking to me like directly, and it was yeah. I it, knew you'd get a lot out of it. Um, and it was it was interesting finding like because I mean I know that it's a popular film and it was obviously very popular books, but it's it's sometimes nice to have it reaffirmed at how much it changed or how much it Im- impacted people at mm. at that kind of young age. Like when I think back, the the quintessential films that I think about when I think about my kind of you know I don't, I don't know if it's eight early childhood, um, but kind of when I was like nine, ten, eleven. It, that's it's Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. I remember yeah, going to that. Sure, man. I remember being so excited for Return of the King. I was, but like, we see that when we do the Lord of the Rings marathon, the Ritz. Mm. You know, punters come, and and the last two years has actually grown in numbers. So people love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they know I, every line. I've got a mate that I work with that that watches it once a year religiously, um, and I think that's a fairly oddly enough, it's a fairly popular, common thing. Yeah. You know, you talk to a lot of people that will put it on at least yeah. once a year. Well, Maddie does, and Geordie does. A yeah. bunch of people I know do it. I try, I try and put it on at least once a year, mm. um, or at least one of the trilogy mm. once a year. Um, so, but there, this, um, I mean, 
it's hard to kind of describe the breadth of this documentary. Do they talk without- about Del Toro? They talk cool. about Del Toro. They Fuck, talk about. I'm so keen for this. They talk about everything from uh, on the production side. They talk about everything from speculation to uh, kind of concrete things that have been put out there. They talk about um, scheduling. They talk about the the change in. Um, it, it goes quite into depth about who had any kind of financial or um, creative MGM. input into this. Uh, well, MGM, the wine scene company, mm. Warner Brothers. Um, There's MGM that jammed it up. No. Well, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you, have you to gotta watch, watch it. Like the the, cool. the, the, third, the third part dives all the way into union disputes, okay. and um, they they speak. Wow. She speaks ex- uh, extensively with one of the actors who played one of the hobbits in in the films, um, and he's he's a Kiwi guy. He's got no compunction about just going and saying everything. <laughs> like Fuck he's yeah. just completely like, honest. Oh my god! I was yeah. so, so surprised watching. This. It was like this guy just never wants to work again. It's so great. It and, was amazing. <laughs> and fuck him. Yeah, he's so much better than whatever they made him do in The Hobbit. I can't even remember. But he's he was such an engaging uh, character yeah. to to watch. But it, for me, like I've I've probably watched the behind the scenes Lord of the Rings discs more than the mm-hmm. main movies. I love that shit. To so to hear about this, mm. this is tantalizing. It's not the same. I will say that right up. It is I'm, not the same as going. Like, I, I completely understand. It's not thing. a where to workshop porn, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It's it's a in depth analysis yeah. on on what went wrong. Yeah, but, and uh, it, and it goes beyond anything anything involved with that yeah. movie production stuff. It goes beyond it. kind of just production issues, and it and it delves into like kind of the the basic issues that arise, or that the just kind of the fundamental problems that that they faced in adapting the Hobbit into a film. Um, particularly one of the most interesting things that I thought that she said, and she comes right out of the gate um, and says that, uh, you know, whereas The Hobbit was originally released and then Tolkien had the job of developing a sequel to follow on to The Hobbit and then retroactively changed things in The Hobbit as well. Um, the challenge that the filmmakers had was that they started what, with what was written as a sequel and then somehow had to um, find a film that is written as an original, but they need to make it as a prequel. And that kind of sets up the whole, you know, kind of dynamic of where they're going to run into issues. And- well, it tries to make it more epic than it needed to be. The Hobbit I mean, is a-, a dainty little story. And more epic and than Lord of the Rings. they had to make it more epic than Lord of the Rings. That's where it all fell apart. Yeah, uh, oh, well, I mean... Just, just I can't. No, that was the one. Was, that was the yeah, one. I solved it. I don't know why Lindsay Ellis did this whole like three hour thing. Yeah. Like, don't worry, guys. You I've don't need this. to watch it. Thanks, Lindsay. But I got this covered. Yeah. Um, so is that the? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah no. That, that that's that's me done. Like I, I thought that was a really interesting um, video essay. Mm. You want to go next, Benny? I do. Um, I've continued catching up on uh, DC's Titans. Um, again, I continue to be completely in love with the show. Uh, the the last episode I watched focused on um, Dick Grayson, Robin, and Jason Todd, uh, Batman's current Robin. So in the series, Dick Grayson has divorced himself from Batman. He's kind of gone off on his own, but he's not uh, Nightwing yet. Um, and honestly, it's the best live-action depiction of Batman I've seen in 10 years, and Batman's not even in it. Um, and it is such a good argument for why Robin is a compelling character and made me angry at every version of Batman that has not included him in it. Um, the way they talk about uh, Bruce as um, not only like a father figure, but like a 
almost like a couple, not like a romantic couple, but the way that it's like a jilted ex talking to the new model. Um, it's, it's just also fantastic. And the way you've got the one who has seen Bruce for the kind of not abusive character that he is, but like neglectful and, you know, always after his own ends. Um, and, and the new guy is just so impressed to be working with Batman. Uh, I fucking love this series so much. Sounds cool. I fucking love it. And uh, again, the, the production values just keep blowing my mind. I think it's one of the best looking TV shows on TV. Um, all I've heard from people who've actually seen it are positive things. Um, it's a shame it got so hard off on the wrong foot because um, no one seems really willing to give it a chance. But um, I guess this will just be my other Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm thank- thankfully it's already been renewed for a second season. So um, I'm, I'm really keen to keep keeping up on that. Um, and I also saw um, a new film by Steve McQueen, director of 12 Years a Slave, uh, that being Widows. Um, That's getting lambasted. It's really interesting. Hang on, what, 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 what? It yeah. Like it hasn't gotten a, uh, like a, as great a reception really as I thought it would. Both Sorry, critics, lambasted is probably a very uh, I think, strong. I think both critics. The reviews are amazing. What are you talking Sorry, about? Sorry, lambasted. Uh, I should clarify. It's Let's not making this the the kinds of waves that I would have expected it to. As in, it's not performing as well as I thought it would. It. it, it what? Oh, sorry, ninety-one percent of Rotten Tomatoes. What are you talking about? Sorry. I, I was reading this the the a couple of reviews of it. Audience score sixty percent. Okay, very. Average. It's one of those critics are loving it. The audiences aren't really yeah. getting it, and I think they're seeing that this in the box office. Of this is this, I, this, this is, is uh, it's the, bombing, isn't uh, it? Forty-two million odd uh, production, so it's mm. a sizable chunk, and I I think it is performing under. Under what they were expecting, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, right, yeah. So I'm, I'm on the right track here. <laughs> not review, not reviews though. No, no, no. Sorry, no, I, no. I, critic I, reviews. I, I made, I, 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 box office hole. They're down. They're not getting the reception from people that they thought they were. Yeah, so that, I that's should have that's understandable. I mean, this is this is a it's an indie. This is like a director who is just all about awards. Really, like everything he does is one of the best movies of the year. I mean, he directed Shame and uh, Hunger. Like those were not blockbusters. Um and yeah, I, shout out to Shame. I yeah, that, that you give me a heart attack, Connor. This this movie is, uh, you know, spoilers for next month, but this is easily my top five movies of the year. Holy fuck, um, I can't wait to watch it again. It's just this amazing, um, written by Gillian Flynn, who wrote uh, Gone Girl, the book, of course. Like the screenplay was written by Gillian Flynn. Oh, cool. Um, so it's just this amazingly well directed, um, heist film thriller with this this kind of subtle, edgy feminist bent in it that is just so geared towards me. Um, I, I couldn't have been more enthralled with this film. Um, I'm pumped, man. I'm so pumped to see this. I find Steve McQueen a fascinating guy. Mm. Watch him in interviews. He is... Bullet was such a good... Anyone? I knew you were going <laughs> to fucking do that. I, son of sorry, sorry. Because I've told you about, um, about uh, <laughs> thinking for the longest time... Yeah, everyone did. Everyone did. Steve McQueen was directing all these amazing films. But I films, fucking I was like, love this dude because he I just doesn't give a he was, fuck. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was, do you know what I'm? I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was like, I. I but was he could have like, changed his name. He was dead. He could have called himself Steve something McQueen. You know, Steve but he's McKean. like, he's like Steve McQueen. That's my fucking name. Deal with it. Yeah, honestly, it's great. He's a he's an interesting guy. He probably just assumed that. Oh yeah, people know that Steve McQueen is dead. I'm I'm no, clear. they did not. Yeah, no, well, but in my not. mind now, especially as of this year, there is Steve McQueen and there is white Steve McQueen <laughs> who yeah. is dead. And that's um, that, and and. The really annoying thing is, I've I've no, I always knew that Steve McQueen was dead. It's not like mm, I, if I you'd ask me like, is Steve McQueen like from Bullet? Is he alive? I'd be like, mm. no, he's dead. 
but <laughs> but go go check out some of this guy's stuff because he's it's been a while since his last film. Twelve Years a Slave is a while ago, yeah. Uh, and he has been doing art installations and all kinds of other stuff. Like this cool. guy's an auteur. He he's not just a filmmaker. He's like on another level. I feel. Um, so yeah, once again, shout out to Shame. Yeah, I could only assume the smaller reception to this uh, financially is because no one wants to f- go watch a movie from the director of Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> Everyone came out of that movie like. Like, you know, that was a masterpiece, but that's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they or should have probably gone more heavy-handed fortress. with the Gone Girl angle. But again, it, it just, that has always struck me as very odd. Um, people going to a period piece about slavery and then coming out feeling like that was terrible. Like, what did you think that was going to be? I mean... Just a bad time. Yeah, like, it's at, at what point did you think that that was going to be, you know, a fun time with, you know, a bunch of slaves running around and singing? Like, that's absurd. <laughs> I think the movie was so much more effective than people expected, though. Yeah. Like, that was a fucking powerful one. Anyway, I cannot recommend Widows enough. Uh, do not miss this one, because it might not be in theaters for long. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Uh, I watched Mission Impossible Fallout, because that was one I missed. I listened to your boy's review when I was over in Scotland mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I, that's a bad uh, <laughs> Yeah, terrible. <laughs> um, I, I quite enjoyed this. I thought particularly the cinematography and the soundtrack was really strong. It's gorgeous. Um, the, the plot, man, I found it really difficult to keep up with this because mm. there was like oh, yeah. double identities after identities and he was pretending to be this guy and that. And I was just like, listen, I don't give a fuck. Just show me the action. There was some really good stuff in here. I think this is poss- quite possibly the most, the, the best Mission Impossible film. And it really tied up from Mission Impossible 3. Like it brought a nice loop in with uh, Michelle Monaghan coming back and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's like a... You think this is the best out of the entire franchise? I think so. I think it's the most complete, and I think the style of the film is the most sophisticated. Like, the the look of it, the feel of it, the way it's put together. Do you think that um, the accolades that were put upon it as being, like, you know, one of the best action films of the last 10 years were was justified? I don't think so. I, I think the plot was just so convoluted for me that I, I was just kind of there for the sequencing and mm. the visual style, as I said. Yeah, I don't think it... I, I don't... There wasn't anything there that really stood out to me, say, the best action scene, action film. Yeah. What do they say over the past decade? Yeah, there is there right. is a lot um, of hype for this one. A lot of hype, and then someone someone out there said that it's the best movie of the last ten years, and I was like, mm. no, I had a really good time with that. And then um, uh, Benny and I watched The Night Comes for Us, an uh, Indonesian martial arts um, flick on on Netflix. Um, Where was my invite? Oh, you know, it's got lost in the mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> it's got off. <laughs> I told you not to tell him. Uh, no, I've got to tell him. <laughs> We've got to tell him sometime, man. <laughs> uh, I love the idea that you have to be like, me and Ben, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of this room. Son of a bitch, you promised me this wouldn't happen. <laughs> this was so brutal. Like, yeah. oh, holy fuck, you would love this, man. Like, What's it called again? The night comes for us. I was uh, not expecting the overtop of the violence in this. Oh my god, the body count of this film is insane. Because <laughs> it's, it's the star of the raid. Uh, I'm never going to learn the pronunciation of his, of his name, but Eko Uwais or something, um, who is amazing. Yeah. Um, so watchable and such, like, even when he's not doing action, but when he's doing action, holy fuck. Um, Incredible. But, it, but like, the raid is, you know, violent to an extent, but this is, like, like 
B-movie horror yeah. gore. <laughs> it's Like crazy. there's one bit where knife goes in uh, an arm and just shreds straight through here. Like it is insane. But it's like that B-movie crazy slapsticky sort of schlock. style. It's schlock. It's yeah. schlock. Uh, but good schlock, I feel. Hmm. Unfortunately, the pacing of the film really threw me off because halfway through the movie, I thought it was done. Yeah, thanks, George. You really threw me off because I did too. And you brought up the time code, which I never do by by design because you brought it up and it was it was one hour in of two yeah. hours. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was wrapping up. Yeah, I thought it was just about to how, finish. How, how my internal clock, two, two hours. hours but yeah. my internal clock was like, that does not feel like two hours. That's, so that's why I clicked it. Mm. Um because I, I wouldn't know. have done. I, I don't like clicking it to yeah. find out when the time is. But I just did it then because I was like, "This is wrapping up now." Oh, mate, please! You you check your uh, watch at least six times in the theater. <laughs> I every don't time own a watch. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you your, check your his iPhone watch. Or like whatever. No, it you're is. the one who's always on their phone in the movie, and I'm always like, Dude, "That is true." <laughs> please turn the fucking phone off. <laughs> it's all coming out now. Yeah. All the secrets, then. This yeah, is, this secrets. Isn't, this isn't just uh, a podcast. This is a therapy session. <laughs> so after my initial Make gut that. punch of, wow, this is halfway through, um, the movie took a bit more form, I feel. Because uh, the first part was like just two big action sequences yeah. or something. And then it kind of slowed down and started telling a story yeah. more. And so it was very oddly uh, paced and structured, but kind of in an interesting way, I'm going to say. I, I found it refreshing how you got some really big character moments in the latter half of the film that weren't necessarily felt like reveals or twists, but just like, here's some more information about this person. Mm. Uh, so from that angle, I, I was like, Oh, that, that's, that's a pretty refreshing way of telling this story. But that middle bit really just sagged. And then at the end, Holy shit, the final fight scene, what just brutal beyond belief, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on this really cool like Indonesian martial arts film romp. So I want to watch Raid Two now. Mm -hmm. So um, see what else is out there. If I were to ask you Headshot. the question of what is the best hand to hand combat film or scene, would you still pick Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> <laughs> For you, the people you suck. <laughs> Have you watched it recently? Let's go watch it after this. Okay, oh yeah, my no, God. let's pick up that scene. Yeah, just yeah. that scene. I'll watch yeah. that scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let, let's do a reaction, and we'll put it on the YouTube channel. <laughs> Let, let's do a reaction. It's just us beating up George. Yeah. <laughs> this is a better scene yeah. than what we're watching. Yeah, you want, you want a scene? Here you go, bitch. <laughs> All right, enough of that. I think we've gone through uh, our little preamble. So, yeah, guys, we all watched Bus Bus Buster Scruggs this week, so go check out our review for that. Let's get into the news we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I love that this is becoming more of a what we watch show than a news show now. Yeah, <laughs> I like no, we're, 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 uh... <laughs> we're going to knock these down. So, uh, <laughs> news. First up, the first reviews for Aquaman have been released, and they are teasing an epic adventure and dazzling visuals. What? A big production is coming out with early mm. reviews, and it's glowing? Crazy. Uh, this has never happened for a DC movie before. <laughs> So literally every DC movie has had uh, this exact same yeah. uh, early word, which is, you know, it's amazing. It's great. Uh, you it's like nothing you've say, ever seen before. You notice they don't say that it is it's a good, good film. <laughs> yeah. They say it is an epic adventure with yeah. dazzling visuals. <laughs> there's an adventure. Oh, this movie. Yeah. And there's shit. visuals. Yeah. This movie going to be shit. Yeah. 24 <laughs> frames a second, people. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Like, I mean, that could that, still go either way. Who knows? I mean, it could. It could. And I am. Um, 
I don't know. After the last trailer, I I, I feel like I'm being sucked in, and I, I kind of am excited for this film. But having said that, um, I think that might also be the Transformers effect, <laughs> whereby the trailers always look really cool. Yeah, DC's lost my trust. Like, oh, they, oh, really? What? How? Why? When, you know what it was? It was when it was the moment was was with those reviews of Batman v Superman mm. and seeing the film and being like, what in the shit's going on here? So that's why I'm exactly with you guys. I take these reviews with a grain of salt. Yeah. But part of me, there's a part of me, little part that says, I think this is going to be fucking cool. I'm mm. the same way. I will mention, though, with um, Batman vs. Superman, I I don't know. I can see why people would come out of that the first time and like it. Because when I first watched that movie, I was kind of not confused. nearly as... Well, <laughs> a bit confused, but I wasn't nearly as harsh on it as I ended up being mm. because yes. it took me about, you know, a couple of days of thinking about it to kind of have that hate bubble up inside of me. Um, yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I came out, I remember coming out of the film yeah. and Benny, you were like, what do you think? And I was like, I kind of liked it. And you were like, fuck you. <laughs> I, you just I remember doing the, the step I genuinely like remember doing the exact same thing. I remember coming out, you were working at the time. Um, we had a big I, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I walked out and you had said that, you know, I think you said, that you hated it, but I'll probably like it. Um, and I came out and I was like, God, God help me. I didn't mind that. Um, and then after having a conversation with you and, and kind of like sitting on the movie, I was like, oh, no, no, I do hate that. Never mind. I only ever say it as reverse psychology when I say that. I'm like, because I want you to hate it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, can we jump straight ahead to the next DC News? Because yeah. our command, we've got to wait Stay to see. Stay yeah. coming soon. Um, so next up for DC, the Birds of Prey uh, full title has been revealed, being Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Um, this is revealed through uh, Margot Robbie's Instagram, just yep. a shot of the front page of the script. Um, I like it. It's giving it a certain flavor that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, you know, we haven't it. seen any DC titles with this kind of flamboyant language. Except for... Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I mean, they've done but stupid Dawn, titles. Dawn of before. Justice. Like, it's so yeah. standard shit. Like, the fantabulous emancipation. Like, what does that even mean? I know, that's that's fun. So that, And that's really setting up the angle this is probably going to be taking, which is um, Harley Quinn getting the fuck away from the Joker, which is the only direction they can take this after everyone hates Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah. Um, it'd be a great way to salvage what they've made there by taking Harley Quinn, who was pretty universally loved, um, and just making the Joker really the bad guy and the butt of the joke um, for for this film. Um, which, you know, is just what I'm assuming it's going to be, but I, I think that'd be a good direction. Mm. My main concern with this film, as with any, I guess, DC property or anything <laughs> associated with this universe, um, is that they have tried this tone before um, with Suicide Squad. I feel like it's in that same um, kind of vein, Do you obviously. Think, I um, feel like this almost seems a little more Tim Burton-y to me. You know, it's got that really sort of flowery, um, overdone language. I'm getting a very Tim Burton-y, quirky of, vibe out of I this. I kind of got that out of Suicide Squad as well. Um, like they're just the same feel. Like they were trying to do something that was a little bit more quirky, maybe a bit more humor. I was expecting. Um, I was expecting more edge from David A. I was expecting. What's that film you like with the Jake Gyllenhaal? End of Watch. End of Watch. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting something more grimy from uh, Suicide Squad, and what we ended up getting was quite a polished, strange concoction. I'd be very interested to see what the original vision from David Ayer was. Um, well, we got some news about that. This yeah, we concept did. art about uh, originally Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf was going to be the, the villain with uh, the parademons taking the place of those weird 
Google yeah. zombie monsters um, that we ended up getting, which I think would have been a much better setup for Justice League. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to put this put that in this week because mm. I, I didn't want to do like shit on Justice League. But <laughs> when I saw that headline and the picture of Sepp and Wolf, I was like, fucking hell. They did such an awful job with that character. Yeah. I like, saw, that's like, some I, of the worst CG you'll see. And character design yeah. and everything. Just terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. That's uh, a bit of a disappointment. I mean, it, it kind of circles back to um what the 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 doco that we were talking about earlier the hobbit one um about how a lot of these changes get made and why they get made and and um how studio involvement can really fuck up a movie Mm. um and um and so yeah it's weird looking at it through that lens and trying to think of what could have been and, and what maybe even should have been so cool yeah birds of prey coming soon birds of prey probably when's that is that 2020 Let's just quickly do. Uh, if, if there is still a DC in 2020, then that's the plan. I think it's going to be so be. weird by that point because everything's going to be so yeah. disjointed. Like, there's not going to be a universe. I don't think anymore. I think they should all like quietly just slide it under the rug well, and go. Hey, you love Margot Robbie? Go. I, just, I don't think. Like, I don't know if I'm being too bold here. I just don't think there's any way Aquaman's going to make money. Really? Um, not after the rest of them didn't. I would like love to get Aquaman? some stats on how it's trending in social yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. YouTube. Because they're pushing it pretty hard. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I just I really feel like they're going to disband this Justice League uh, after after this shit. Um, yeah, and they're going to ke- hold on to the successful elements and keep them separate. I, I agree something more towards that. I think that they if, if Aquaman is successful, they'll keep on Jason Momoa. Um, they'll keep on, um, I think, Harley Quinn. Um, uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And we've definitely got a new Batman already. Superman's yes. probably going to change over if the yeah. room Cavill, they believe. Oh, by the way, I finally saw the Cavill. I should have mentioned that in Fall, Fallout. The Cavill moustache. Mm. I finally... Glorious. Wait, glorious. Had, you, had you not seen... I, I hadn't seen Fallout, oh, obviously. Right, I should have mentioned well, okay, that earlier. Yeah, I got you. I got the you. bushy, glorious thing. Yeah, Worth it, right? So worth it, bro. So much, yeah. So many lols. Good bathroom fight. Yeah, that was cool. That, oh, that should have been up there on on at least. Uh, I'd, I'd maybe count that in one of the better action hand to hand fights. More than some of the ones yeah. we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> no, mate. No, come no, on. No, no, oh, no, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's 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 like up here. Sacrosanct. Um, next up, a, a new Hellboy image shows Big Red in a more violent and bloody picture. So, um, was just it a new just picture me, from Hellboy, basically? or does it not show that? Uh, you don't really see any violence or blood, but... <laughs> I wasn't sure where that headline came from. It looks from. gritty. Yeah. Sorry, uh, that's yeah. the collider. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the direct <laughs> like, headline. New photo shows a more bloody and violent. I was like, no, it just shows how we're running that, down a... That's a quote, so I think yeah. I was just referring to the actual movie, but... um, <laughs> that, He uh, looks so good. He's beefy, man. He's a big boy. I'm loving how they've extended his chin out to give it that really... Pointy. Yeah. Thing. Really much more stylized than, than the uh, Ron Perlman version. And he looks taller and hulkier. Yeah, if, if you were to, um, I don't know, shove this into Photoshop or something, just decrease the detail gradually, like this would turn into a Mignola drawing, I feel. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can barely the, see the his shapes, eyes. You know, yeah. Yeah, you're 100% correct, man. Uh, yeah. uh, April, April, this is not far off. I am so excited. Why haven't we seen a trailer yet? I really want to get a trailer in before the end of 2018. See, this is already starting to sound like um, fucking Solo. (laughs) Just waiting for a trailer Mm. to to break and just being like, well, 
hopefully we'll get one now. <laughs> I hope they are better prepared than you think they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so do because I. Because I really want this to succeed. I really want to see a Hellboy cinematic universe. That I would, would love to see Harbor oh, kind so of like good. take the Hellboy. I, I just want him to be successful. Mm. Like I just, I really enjoy him. Um, and so I think that it would be really great if he was able to helm a franchise like this and then kind of move this towards because i would love to have a franchise like this i we almost we got a glimpse of what could have been with the um is it the paramount monsters universe i don't know what they were calling themselves not paramount um what was the, the universal, universal universe? the dark universe universal, universal dark universe yeah. That's right, yeah. um uh we kind of got a glimpse of what could have been um having you know kind of all these weird and wacky um characters and all that but uh yeah this yeah. this could actually work more weird and wacky i don't yeah. think there's any chance a hellboy movie's gonna make money nowadays Sorry, it no, could work, Ben. Don't, I, don't, I wish. Please, bro. I, wish, I just want to adjust your expectations a little bit. Yeah, I can't, remember, I can't remember what the budget on this is. I know they're going lower. It's going to be, isn't it like a 60 milli or something? Yeah. So. What's his name? Um, Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Mm. You know, he's the descent. You know, he's a, he's an on-set, you know, real world in a forest kind of guy. Mm. Uh, so I think he can handle a low budget and still churn out a really high quality product. Yeah. We'll see. I hope they reference the the descent creatures in in this movie, with like the BPRD, <laughs> like they're in, the, in a tank or something. Yeah, you, you guys like have both seen that, yeah? Yeah, descent. That's one of my absolute favorite horror that movies. That is up there as one of the best. Mm. Really underappreciated, I feel. Yeah, I watched that when I was like a twelve or something. Maybe that scared the absolute up. fuck out of me. And the yeah. end, which ending did you get? The proper ending. Yes, the actual see, ending. No, I can't is, believe they changed that. I know shit. what the fuck? ruins the whole movie for, for me. For anyone that doesn't know, there's a British version, so it is a British film um and, and then there's an american version they really softened up the ending to where mm. it was just piss weak yeah um, like they just cut essentially the uh, the last 30 seconds or so off it and it completely changes everything it's the only reason a sequel exists which isn't particularly good um I, if you watch this, see this movie and see the actual version of yeah. it. yeah i i remember watching this film god it's been ages since I, it must have been god i say almost 10 years since i've seen this film um and I remember enjoying the British version way, 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 way more. Mm. Um, but I understand why the studio did it. I do not. fucking cowards. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand cowardice. Um, uh, so next up, um, some unreleased photos of Luke Skywalker from The Force Awakens have been revealed. Yeah, so for... This is really interesting because in Rey's flashback sequence in The Force Awakens, she goes into the corridor in Cloud City, and that scene was supposed to continue on to where you saw Luke fighting Vader and a few other things happened. Uh, I, I just think this is really cool, and I highly encourage everyone out there to go listen to J.J. Abrams' uh, commentary for The Force Awakens, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, because if you're into filmmaking and how these big blockbusters are made, it is fascinating to hear about the changes, the way he sculpted that film in the editing bay, multiple reshoots. You know, it was just a moving puzzle box the whole way to the finish line. So uh, in terms of just this picture of Luke... Uh, looks fucking weird. It looks like, a, you know, a Comic-Con cosplayer. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I think like they must. They must have planned to face replace him. Uh, his Something. hair looks a little too long, though. Like it just looks a that, little that bit. Might off. have just been why they decided to scrap it. I mean, it's, it's Justin Chatwin. I'm very confused by that. Mm. Mm. Um. So yeah, yeah that's that's you know a little uh, 
a little Star Wars tidbit there that I thought was quite interesting. I'd love to get a book on that whole production because I think there was a lot of tension and uh, a lot it is, of... I'm, I'm always really impressed by um, directors that are able to pull off these kind of big um, epic movies because uh, I think that a lot of people are very, us included, are very quick to judge and to kind of lay blame at the director and all this kind of stuff. But their job is really hard um, in terms of being able to manage an entire crew, think about editing, thinking about what shots I need. Um, like on this kind of epic level, you need to maybe even be thinking about two crews, two or three crews, yeah, like shooting, in different, sure. shooting in different locations. Mate, shovel and tar is really hard, all right? What directors do is nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so have much you seen to coordinate. Python skit about the um, honest uh, English playwright, <laughs> where his sons come back from the um, coal mine, um, and he's like, "You wouldn't know what a, a real <laughs> de- hard day's work, you know, drinking Chateau de Bonte in France, and then being back for a, your opening play at night." And yeah, it's it's check that out. What's a Python? <laughs> that's that's how we segue. Yeah, so. <laughs> That takes us directly to Venom, um, which is continuing its unpre- unprecedented box office haul, moving past Wonder Woman uh, at the global box office. It's hitting uh, $822 million, making it the fifth highest grossing movie of the year, the second highest grossing superhero origin movie of all time, behind only Black Panther, and the third highest grossing Spider-Man film, uh, if you count it as one. That's Do so you cool. reckon that there's just an entire room filled with Sony execs just yelling out "Thank Christ for China"? <laughs> no, they're like saying "Thanks God for the world." They're saying, "What? How did we do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did we do right?" They don't actually want to make a noise. They're like, "No one move." <laughs> <laughs> they're all, they're all just looking at the boss, like trying to gauge his reaction. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, what do we do now? <laughs> um, this honestly, do that again upsets me. Um, I, I, the, the more successful this movie is, the, the more I hate it. Um, no. because it doesn't deserve to be this successful. It genuinely doesn't. It's not that good of a film. I would say it's probably, I have not looked at the Spider Man box office rankings, but if they fall where my, uh, favoritism of them lies, which I feel like they probably do, um, I think Venom is better than the Spider Man movies. It's outgrossed. Well, that Can makes tell any us sense. Which ones are those? I'm, I'm just, it's, I, this isn't right. Spider-Man 3 wouldn't be in the bottom three, but um, I'm assuming the amazing Spider-Mans are down the bottom, and I think it's better than them at the very least. Um, so It's definitely better than that. Uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a fair few years ago. I'd be, one, I'd be interested to see what Spider-Man's uh, one's box office yeah, I think is in today's three, concert. Three and two would okay, have to be according the, to Forbes.com, uh, Spider-Man 3... Uh-huh. Oh, since Spider-Man Homecoming is out. What? Worst to best. Okay, that's, this is starting to make a lot more sense. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man comes in at six. Why is that not one? This is this, is the is this worst a, is this list a, ever. Is it a box office ranking? Yeah, I, that's all we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to find. We're not talking about opinions of Every, <laughs> every Spidey movie opinions. box office debut ranked worst to best. So um, worst is Spider-Man 3, followed by Spider-Man Homecoming. Followed by Spider Man. You're talking about the worst to best in terms of what, what Forbes. This is the I think we can just move on. Yeah, to we can thing. move on from that. Please. I'm not talking about fucking Forbes on my podcast. All right. 
Um, this so, is, sorry, this is really fucking. You need to go to Wikipedia loop. and type in Spider Man. I'm trying franchise. to find out. Right, here, here. This, is, this is box office mojo. This is a little bit more. Um, fucking, that was weird. Uh, gross. That was amazing. Um, dude, it was He's fucking weird. All right. No, we're we're just. <laughs> this is fucking weird. This is this is throwing me for a Can loop. Segment. Spider-Man got his mic. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man Homecoming, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. In in list. So, in, <laughs> in fucking the, list. In the thingy. Go. Jesus, that was fucking weird. That was crazy. So it's the order they were released in except for Homecoming. Yeah, that's fucking weird. That's super weird. Cool. So yeah, swap homecoming in three, and uh, my point is what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, so basically, the only news, <laughs> the only concrete news we're getting out of this is that we're getting a Venom two, yes, guaranteed. But so this this is why it annoys me because it's definitely not better than at least half of those films. Um, I think the entertainment value of Venom is what is underappreciated hmm. because it is not necessarily a great film. It doesn't like the plot is convoluted, and we've seen a lot of those things before. But Tom Hardy's performance and the entertainment factor and what it does differently for me pushes it over the line, and why I have a, quite a soft spot for that film. And I'm really interested to watch it again to see what my opinion is. But in terms on the, on of the like second viewing, what a movie is worth. I feel like a movie should make a lot of money if you know. It, well, in a perfect world, movies that are good um, would make lots of money. Um, and in particular, movies that um, are set up for or that I want to see a continuation of that world will make lots of money because that then justifies the studio to say, mm. let's have a second or third or whatever. I don't want to see another Venom movie. I really don't. I genuinely don't. I think that maybe Tom Hardy can pull off this um, for one film, but him alone is not going to make, you know, a good franchise. He's not alone. He's got Venom up his ass. <sighs> you focus on that way too much. <laughs> hey, look, clearly this movie struck a chord with uh, a whole bunch of different people for, I'm sure, a whole bunch of different reasons. But, um, yeah, like, if a bad movie is going to make a lot of money uh, this year, I'd rather it be something a little more offbeat like this than... Transformers. Then, yeah, you're kind of standard generic... Uh, this is the oddball. This, this is, about like as, this is the most oddball. This is about as generic ball. as you can fucking it's get not. in terms the, of the like... The protagonist of this film spends half the movie biting people's heads off. Like, this is... Off-screen. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's still, like, explicitly happens in the film. Like, this is, this is different than... Um, the Transformers movies where, even though they are clearly evil, like Optimus Prime, they're meant to be the good guys. Like, they're meant to be, like, goddamn American heroes. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think this movie's more interesting than you give it credit for. Yeah, I'm with you, Benny. I feel like you liked this movie until we said we liked it in the review. No, 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 no. no. I, like, <laughs> the devil's I'm, I'm being very serious. The more successful <laughs> that this movie is, the more I want to make sure that people know how fucking average it is. And, <laughs> but, 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 and I, my, I think, my but annoyance it is, is that... It is average in a lot of areas, no doubt. But the other areas, it, it's so different and unexpected and... That's way uh, too much praise. Entertainment. That's way too much Entertaining. Praise. It's not, it's not no, reinventing no, the we, wheel. It's not a... doing anything spectacular. It's like, uh, it's, I... it's got a good performance by, by Tom Hardy. It's a little bit edgy. Um, that's it. That's I, it. I think you, you're boiling it down too simply, and I think there's a lot more ingredients to this film. Yeah, that if we get into the ingredients, then it becomes a tangled mess. Yeah, but an I interesting so. one, I, and and I I, th- I don't think you're giving people enough credit either because I think the general consensus on this film is that it's not a good or a great film, but like like what we thought is it's interesting and entertaining and a bit different, and there's you know elements to it that made it more worth watching than 
you know, some other thing that people maybe decided to skip this year. Yes. <clears throat> and and like, again, I don't, my, I've never, my I main seen... concern is that the financial like gain of this film means that we're definitely going to get another one. Um, and I just I don't want to see that because I don't think that I think that's this it's is easy, kind of like though. you don't have to say it. That's a bad. Son. That's a don't don't use that excuse. That's terrible. <laughs> That's you didn't watch half the other movies um, you reviewed this so year. So. Half the movies that are going to come out next year, Ben, are just Transformer films, and you just don't have to watch them. Yeah, well, I'm going to watch. I, no, I will. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I will happily watch a new Transformers films. So. <laughs> well, you're getting one. Mm. Okay. Let's don't we both think Bumblebee that. looks good? Yeah. yeah, I'm the one who doesn't <laughs> like it. Yeah, but, but and it wasn't directed. Once by... again, this is the same conversation that we have every time a new Transformer film comes out. We're like, this could actually be good. Like the trailer's kind of getting me a bit. Yeah, you fools, <sighs> fools. No, okay. I think they're all terrible. Onwards, onwards, onwards. A little more box office news. Uh, Robin Hood, which we probably won't be reviewing, has bombed at the box office, earning uh, twenty-two million dollars. Now, I saw the headline saying that it earned twenty-two million dollars. Um, and assumed that meant uh, domestically Domestic. in its opening weekend. No, it earned $22 million worldwide in five days on a $100 million budget. So I I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that sounds even worse to me than King Arthur, which was uh, the biggest oh. bomb of last year, I think. Easily. Um, and what, yeah, what have, what's the parallel we've been drawing this, this entire time? This stank of that <clears throat> film. Yeah. Um, I, I will go one step further. Well, obviously, I enjoyed... King Arthur, um, but <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, um, mate, you, you stepped just, into that sorry, one, didn't you, you? You just defended Venom. You can just sit your ass down. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> but More I, on the floor. But I am sitting down <laughs> on the floor. Lay down. Um, but this, this just kind of at least King Arthur seemed. I, I kind of do I, as well. I, I don't want to just um, test. We, need like a good, we, we could even do like a beers um, and banter, a beers and banter yeah. one. Yeah, I'd um, be really that. angry. Yeah. Um, who who actually directed um, uh, this Robin Hood? Inside, I, or I just assumed Guy Ritchie. <laughs> well, no, because this that it doesn't. Guy Ritchie has a, a certain kind of. Um, he does the plan Way scenes. That was a cool scene in um, King Arthur. I will give it that when they're doing the plan and they're talking about the plan and you're simultaneously seeing it go on. Yeah. That was a cool scene. The, that I was mean, it, though. That's all I'll give it. All right, fine. Directed but, by uh, Otto Bathurst. Okay. How good's that? Um, there was, for me, enough in King Arthur that made me like the aesthetic of it, um, like the, the feel of it and, and a lot of the performances in that that I was like, all right, I, I can get on board with this. Um, before I'd even seen it. This just absolutely reeks of studio fucking nonsense. It's like they, I will give the comparison with King Arthur because it's kind of, it, it you know, there are obvious comparisons to draw, but it just feels like that without a competent person at the helm mm-hmm. or, or anything that's going to add a little edge or anything that's going to make it a little bit interesting. Um, I have no, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if that's the case. But that's just the feeling that I get, and that I, I feel like a lot of people will look at that and and feel like that's the case. The reviews have um, been in line with this reception, from what I've seen. But I was saying to Georgie before um, that kind of the sites I follow, the couple of reviews I've seen and skimmed have actually been kind of positive. In like a, you know, this is just kind of a nutty, fucking Gonzo weird. Um, action thing so yeah i'd kind of be down to watch it as well to be honest 
I'm, I'm just know I'm going to hate that film. <laughs> I'm going to hate it. I'm going to be I'm going to be squirming 45 minutes in being like, when the fuck is this going to Yeah, finish? I've also heard it described as a Batman Begins remake. So, um, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's that's Hell, yeah. it's so, it's so Nolan, interesting. I mean, he's the best filmmaker ever. So, <laughs> hey, you sold me. Uh, you sold um, me. What time is it? It's trailer time. Oh, okay. are, we, are we not talking about Del Toro? Nope. Oh, well. What? <laughs> Take my cues, man. <laughs> no, I want to talk about it. Fine. fine, fine. Uh, let's really talk time, about it. Really let's talk about it. We really have quickly, one more story. Really quickly. Um, the only thing I really want to say is that I don't want him to do Count of Monte Cristo. Tell, um, tell, tell them, tell the, tell the people, tell the people at home what the headline um, is. He's, uh, Del Toro's come out in a tweet and said, these are all the screenplays that I've written. Um, and there's a whole list of them, you know, The Witches, uh, Justice League Dark, Beauty and the Beast, mm. At the Mountains of Madness, Fantastic Voyage, Count of Monte Cristo, um, and, and on. Um, he, he, I loved the Pacific Rim 2 and then in brackets, very different. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. He, he, Del Toro is renowned for having his movies announced and then never go anywhere. Yeah. Which kind of makes it all the more intriguing because you'd love to see the versions of those films. He's built this brand of like the what if, you know, like yeah. what, mm. what is he going to do next? Uh, and, and, and what the film that always, always excited me so much so that i read the short story it was at the mountains of madness yeah. has a fucking awesome short story by hp lovecraft he's unsettling it's nihilistic it's got this really cold um empty feeling it's really cool and i couldn't wait to see him commit this to screen james cameron was going to produce tom cruise was going to star a 200 million dollar budget and you said, it all you said that apart. middle part too enthusiastically actually. yeah like tom cruise is going to start like, all ah. i was stoked about with that casting was th- that was a platform for this film and HP Lovecraft some and something really quirky yeah. to, to get some limelight to and get in the limelight. You'd have thought that a, a project that has Tom Cruise attached to it is like guaranteed to get off the ground, and mm. then Del Toro's like, mm. "Hold my beer." I was about yeah. to say I don't really associate uh, Tom Cruise with uh, you know eldritch horror and existential terror, but then I was like, "Oh no, wait, Scientology." That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, why that's he tanked so it. He's like, true. "This is a bit too close to home." Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, though, Netflix or one of these other platforms does this because I feel like, as you were saying with Outlaw King, Hill House, we're starting to see the the quality go up and, mm. and, and these mediums are actually being taken seriously. The streaming... The streaming medium is being taken seriously, and it's really cool. And Del Toro yeah. has done some work with them with uh, Troll Hunters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a like Netflix exclusive, right? Mm. On, mm. on the side note, have you ever seen Fantastic Voyage? No, because that's one of the scripts that he's written as a, 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 I believe, a remake. Oh, I've seen um, the Simpsons episode basically. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. That yeah. should give me fucking. I've seen the Rick and Morty episode basically, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the Magic School the, Bus as well, and the Archer. <laughs> no. No. Anyways, <laughs> what, what time, time is, is it again? It? I've forgotten. It's trailers timing. Hey. We got some trailers. <laughs> <laughs> we need a jingle to throw in there. I think. There's this, okay, shout out to Rode Microphones. There's this Rode podcasting unit that we can put in jingles. Let's see if we can get it. We'll, we'll give you a plug, Rode. We'll give you a plug. If you give us an, a very expensive unit. Send us one. <laughs> we love Rode mics. We use Rode mics. We love it. I make out with it every episode. Um, all right. First on our list for trailer time is The Lion King, the live action even though it's not really live action. The it's real. Also just animated. <laughs> the real story yeah. committed to film um, by Jonathan Favreau. I will say this. I liked <laughs> a dark the, retelling. The, the fact that it looked almost kind of shot for shot. Um, and somebody did on social media, somebody put them together. 
uh, one above the other with yeah. the original. Very, very close. Uh, I have no idea. Is, this, is there any plan for this to be kind of a musical like, or in the same vein? Or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. All that jazz. Okay. Why? Then that's my only question. Why? Well, why the whole live action thing? Yeah, you know? I, I, I genuinely, I'm okay, getting so, really sick and tired so of this shit. A couple things, three things stood out to me. The first time when I saw it, I noticed like when Simba went up in the air, he was like very expressionless. And then yeah. when I saw this comparison video, I was like, wow! Like the animated one, the cartoon one, he was full of life. His his eyes were wide open and he was curious. And then the, I saw an article on Facebook pop-up. I didn't read it, but I was doing a bit of headline reading, talking about the, the form, the, the realistic form that they're going for actually makes the characters, it puts up a wall. And they got away with it in Jungle Book because Mowgli was the conduit for the audience mm. in the story. He was the human character. But in this, it's all animals. And they've got this sort of, like, they, they're not as expression, they're not filled with that vibrancy that the original mm. um, had. So they've got a real obstacle. And I actually kind of felt that and saw that the first time. Well, even when I, I saw um, the trailer. Simba does his big roar at the end, you're kind of like, it just looks like a lion roaring. Yeah, Mufasa, roaring. yeah. It was like it's the end and, of Jurassic World. And it wasn't like, Kingdom. he wasn't stylized. Like, I thought he could have like a fuck off mane or just like a little bit no, of. It, just, it just looks like real animals yeah. that are, are apparently just going to talk to each and other. I'm which not I'm, sure that was the best way to go about it. Um, I don't think that Disney should be making any of these films. Uh, I can almost guarantee you, though, that this will make a bucket load of money. It's the second most viewed trailer of all time behind only Avengers Infinity War. Um, I'm a pretty moderate guy most of the time. I hate this. I hate this from the pit of my soul. Mm. Um, you sound like me. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the original. It's the first film I ever saw in a cinema. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's perfect. Um, and I think this looks like the most soulless fucking, like all of these ones they've been doing, mm. but even more so for me, just personally. Mm. Um, so I'm just... Good caster. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, yes, good, very good cast, except James L. Jones. What the fuck were they thinking? That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard, recasting the same actor who perfected that role yeah. however many years ago, um, now that he's 100 years old and sounds terrible. I think he sounds terrible in this trailer, because I know those lines... I know the intonation of every word in those lines. I cannot just sing the songs in that film. I can recite the film from the first word to the last. And I like I, this is the remake that's gonna really get me because mm. I, I talked about this. You like, don't love the bandwagon. I talked about this recently, where they're they're doing the ones that are different than the original animated ones, or about animated ones that I didn't care about, like Beauty and the Beast. Um, so I can judge them on their own merits. Kind of didn't like them still. But but this one is just going to make me angry from start yeah. to finish because it, it, it just doesn't look as good to me. It doesn't sound as good to me. And I'm a huge um, traditional animation fan, and that's a dead art except for on TV. And to see – like this feels like erasure to me. Like this is replacing what I think is is a, just a much more technically accomplished and beautiful original mm. where you can actually see artistry. You know, this – as you said, it looks like animals. Yeah. Um, they're just, there's they're, no expression. There's no emotion. Yeah. I, and I, I, I really, really felt that. Uh, and, and, and you're right, man. Like, their goal here is not uh, expression, uh, uh, like, emotion. Their goal is how fucking photorealistic can we make Mufasa? Yeah. Which, like, that's got to look like a real-ass lion or, or this falls apart. Like, there's not, like, that level of artistry as you were talking about. Mm. And I'm seeing that in, in in this trailer. Which is the most baffling thing about this, which you mentioned, Connor, is that it is it is still just an animated film. 
but it's just a much less interestingly animated film. It's yeah. not stylized like the original. It doesn't I draw did, on elements of African culture like that. It's oh, it just I, looks fucking I ask dead why, inside. But I kind of know why. The why is obviously for money. The money, and this is um, going to be the highest grossing movie of the next year. This is oh, gonna, easily. Do you guys reckon it's going to hit two billion? We've got we've got Avengers, Avengers four, and this. They're going to be the two. I think this will break two billion. I I could I see. I think it. this it could, will be the could. third highest gross. I think this will overtake Force Awakens. Mm. Um. One of the, just a kind of a quick side note, I think that you kind of touched on something that makes me um, feel like Aladdin could be good, which is that this is a movie that we've just, it's just one animated film to another. It, it, there's no kind of room to explore. I think that the original was kind of perfect. Whereas Aladdin, I feel like there's a, there's an interesting culture and there's an interesting kind of, it, it's people. And, and I think that there's something to having seeing people right in front of you as opposed to animated that that adds to the experience like you will never get a more emotional um you know connection with with you know someone on the screen as if you're looking at an actual human um you know character doing their thing so i think that there's room to explore that i think there's room to make a far i say in quotations richer world um but that doesn't quite apply to The Lion King. Mm. Well, so. I don't know. Did you guys see the stage production? Yeah. Because I've seen that twice, mm. and that's using the human form to recreate these characters. You can't do it in this feed. You, Disney cannot go down that avenue. But it's a beautiful mm. way of telling that story. I thought they did that really well. I really and, and enjoyed theater, a lot. I thought, I thought it was stunning. Complete, I thought yeah. it was completely yeah. breathtaking. Yeah. I was, uh, and, and they told the story well. Mm. Yeah. And theater is a completely different medium, though. Like, it, there, the different mm. rules apply. You know, mm. the the ability to suspend disbelief and the the whole narrative structure is completely different as well. But still, something that did bother me about the theater production was, um, I would say, the actor playing Scar, just all of them in general, but probably especially Scar, because that's just really stuck with me. Is just. Yeah, the way he pronounces certain words mm. in certain sentences, There's, lines directed. Oh, Jeremy to, Irons, right? Uh, in the in the original yeah, in the film, original. yeah. And I'm just like, uh, no, it's not quite. It's, not, never it's not quite be, how it's meant to sound. You know, there will never be the "Long Live the King" oh. said more perfectly than mm, it was. A growl. Yeah, um, I wouldn't even try to like. I was uh, when I was thinking about saying it. I was like, should I try and do the internet? And I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> I'm just going to fuck it up. Yeah, I, I'm still getting. I'm getting like the hair standing on the back of my neck from that scene, man. Like mm. that. I was in the cinema. What was it? Ninety five. So I would have been five, six years old. And I just remember being like, wow, that hit me, man. That hit me for six. Like do you know a, that like he, a herd of wildebeest. Yeah, <laughs> it, it hit me more when I was like eighteen than it did when I was six. Because when I was six, I don't think I really grasped the concept of um, of you of know death. Mufasa death, dying and all that kind of stuff. And and more importantly, I didn't really appreciate scoring and and the the music behind a scene. Whereas when I heard that when I was you know, kind of eighteen years old, I was like, <gasps> Hans Zimmer scored too. Yeah, yes. Hans Zimmer scored. He's back. Yeah. He's back. What's the point of any of this? God damn. I don't know. Uh, I'm done with that. Anyway, yeah. I'm done talking about that for the longest Anyways, time, please. I fucking hate it. We'll move on. Mm. Uh, Lego Movie 2 is the one that we were looking at. Finally, finally found the trailer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Can I just once again express my absolute hate for YouTube channels that amalgamate um, multiple trailers multiple trailers, or that like, You're the worst. hate them? You actually <laughs> make our jobs a lot harder. Not that much harder. <laughs> no, no, we <laughs> have to I, click three find- more buttons. 
and waste approximately <laughs> no, 43 they do seconds. That, like, oh, new extended trailer, and then it's like the teaser, and then it's just the normal trailer afterwards. Like, it's fucking, I hate that. If I find a good, tra- like, s- send us in. If you have a YouTube channel that just provides you with up to date, you know, um, thing that aren't trying to do some fucking marketing bullshit or anything like that send that shit in to me please deliver it people <laughs> <sighs> do our job for us yeah. damn it <laughs> fucking joblo movies can suck it anyways um lego movie 2 um i don't know i uh, this this hasn't really kind of sparked my interest too much there was a couple of funny scenes um i got a fair few chuckles there that little star that the star is gold yeah, the star yeah. was what did it for me but it doesn't Beyond look. That, it doesn't look as good as the first. No, it doesn't. It, you you won't be able to hit that level ever, though. I feel. Mm. Yeah, I don't think the last two Lego movies have been as good as the no. first Lego movie. No. But that being said, I've really enjoyed all three of them. Mm. I know I'm alone. But on I, that, I think but. also it's it's important to say that for like Ninjago, Ninjago, and um, uh, Batman, Batman, my expectations weren't as high either mm. they they very much were marketed and felt like spin-offs yeah. and and therefore i wasn't they had a little bit of, of breathing room to fuck up yeah a bit. yeah yeah this is kind of coming directly off the first one which there's such a high bar for that film i, I still absolutely love that film mm. um i think it, it cracks me up every time i watch it um so this is it's gonna have such a high bar and everything i'm seeing is kind of gives me some chuckles but at the end of the day if I can raise your expectations a bit, um, the film's directed by Please Mike don't. Mitchell, who um, directed Trolls, Surviving Christmas, Sky High, Shrek Forever After, and Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. So that's a pretty high pedigree, I think, for any film. <laughs> You're a real piece of shit, man. <laughs> no, he's real a real piece, piece of shit. Of shit. <laughs> a, a fun fact, it was originally going to be directed by Rob Schraub from Harmontown. Really? Yeah, and he got kicked off the movie for some reason. Never really came out. So he's why? Dead Harman's mate. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, if anyone knows why Rob Shop got kicked off uh, Lego Movie Two, I'd really love to know. Send us that as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's all I really to say about that. I mean, it just it looks absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. But I, I'm and I'm loving the Mad Max dystopian mm-hmm. I- intro there. Mm. I'm really into that for some reason. And I still dig the premise a lot. The whole little sister kind of invading, yeah, boys' space. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of hoping I I remain at this level level of apathy. Get surprised, and then when I yeah, go in, I'm, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna have the same experience as the the first one. Mm. Um, maybe that's what they're aiming for. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, number three in our list is The Vanishing. Um, this Ooh, is the Gerard, Gerard Butler, Butler and yeah, I know Gerard Butler's in, but I can't remember. <laughs> uh, it's the lighthouse uh, oh, keepers. Okay. Yeah, on an true events. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it honestly, and I've already forgotten his name. There's the uh, a speech at the beginning where one of the three main characters is speaking. Um, God, I'm gonna have to find this movie again. God damn it! Um, and it all I could think of the entire trailer. I was just trying to think about where I saw. Um, or where I recognize that voice from, because he doesn't look anything like what I would recognize him in. Um, the name is uh, Peter Mullen. He's been in a shit ton of films, but I recognize him from Harry Potter as mm. um, one of the, in, I think it was in the seventh or eighth one, in the maybe the eighth, um, as one of the big bad guys, like one of the bad horrors. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about this trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I literally spent the entire time that it was on, I was trying to figure out who the fuck that was and what I recognized him from. I don't have any time for Gerard Butler movies and I won't watch them. 
Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about marketing films uh, that are based on, when it says based on true events, hmm. I think there's, uh, you could do it so much more interesting. Like you could really, really try and rope people in a little bit more, try to hook them in with this was a true story, but not just go, like it seems based so on. they don't give a fuck. Like they're just churning out this trailer and based on the true events, let's just go with that. Standard bog, standard shit. Um, standard bog, standard <laughs> shit. That's going to be my new catchphrase. Um, it might be, it might be worth checking out. I think it's, it's one hour, 41 minutes is the runtime. So it seems relatively kind I'll of be okay, one and done. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I'll be all right. Um, you can see this kind of film based on the trailer as really dragging, but if yeah. it's one forty-one, yeah, that seems like they could get a lot done. Yep. Just kind of move along. I will so. not be watching it. <laughs> Shock me. And I don't think um, I'll be watching this next one either. <laughs> Even though I do love my dumb American comedies, I'm just not what, sure. All right, so the next trailer is What Men Want. I had to throw this in there. I'm going to contradict you. I do kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, d- genuinely. Um, and there's another trailer so, that we, we never talked about as well in the same vein, which is the new Rebel Wilson one, where she wakes up and she's in a... Oh, yeah, we did. We did talk oh, about that. Oh, did we talk that. about that? We, I, th- I think you went on that. Oh, week. maybe I wasn't. Um, I this kind of reminded me of that. Maybe I was just talking to myself. <laughs> these are the two ones that are coming up that um, aren't typically in our wheelhouse, but are two movies that I do generally want to see just because they yep. feel a little bit different. So what's the premise? Odd. Um, I only wanted to bring up um, What Men Want, because just the other day I was thinking about the Mel Gibson film, What Women Want, that this yeah. is a remake of. And how bizarre that movie is, and how like it just wouldn't exist today in its form. In, it, in it its form, in, yeah. But if you switch it around, yeah, uh, uh, instant hit. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> quite Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole time watching this trailer, I was pretty much just being like, "Wow, what a weird movie that was." Yeah. The original. Uh, anyway, yeah, I've never seen that. I always thought the the title seemed really strange. <laughs> yeah. It was... Oh, God. Oh, God. Like just thinking about ago. Mel Gibson nowadays and yeah. <laughs> like oh, him starring in that premise. Would, it's oh, just insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I, this kind of looks like a, an easy-to-watch American comedy. Yeah. Okay. As I said, there's a time and a place for that, for sure. For sure. But I won't be Tracy going to Morgan's cinema. alive. And yeah. well, it seems. Like, he he did you really watch that motherfucker has an Asian two decades. Well, he had a really I bad accident. Really bad accident oh, a couple years ago. Bad. Nearly very killed bad. him, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, he got hit like a, by a bus or some shit. Yeah, like, yeah. It was real. Fuck. Um, like, yeah, he got he fucked was, up. Like, he was looking touch and go there. Wow. He was in coma for ages. Like, he came back and he couldn't speak. Like, wow. Um, but did you see his, um, uh, his comedy special afterwards? Mm. So, he... I don't... I, I never really watched his comedy before he had the accident. So I can't say as to whether this is because of the accident or whether this is just how his comedy is, but I just didn't find him very funny. <laughs> I um, was like, Ooh. no, that was always like that. I think. Okay, all right. So he's just not funny. All right, cool. Um, too easy. Uh, really quick on the last one. Uh, Into the dark, puka. <laughs> That's an exclamation point, not a question mark. Puka? Puka? <laughs> um, I cannot express how much I'm into this. Really? This is cool. So this is a Blumhouse-produced uh, Hulu anthology horror series. This is just one episode of it, being an anthology show. I'd never heard of it before, so no. I, I just trailer popped up my feet. I I've been about. waiting for a massive ho- of horror f- mm-hmm. in 2018 and beyond kind of form, and this could be it. This could be it, people. <laughs> this is the one. Strap yourselves in. Put it all on black. Um, <laughs> I'm not interested in this. No way. Nope. I love this, man. I love the design break, of I'm going to the... break from the, the stock standard podcast strikes back talk track and say, 
I don't care that it's Bloomhouse. I don't like it. Wow. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> another one, just quickly, you might be interested in, it's been going for a couple of years now, is Channel Zero. Um, it's a sci-fi or sci-fi um, <laughs> anthology, not in the same way. It's like each season's a different story. But it's based on like creepypasta stories, like uh, oh. inter- internet urban legends. Damn, um, yes. And I watched the first season of that, and man, that was really interesting. I don't know if I ever showed you the trailer or anything. It's no. got like a little a little child made out of teeth. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. Probably you did seen show me that. at some point. Yeah, um, that was a lot of Mest. fun. That was really cool. Mest. Yeah. Um, have, have you read much of like creepypasta and those short stories? Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Yeah, you they should are, check out the series. Then it's real. They cool. are intense. Reading horror is so much scarier yes. than watching horror. Oh, yeah. yeah. You are in it man and like oh i've like some lovecraft stuff some other stuff it's really scary it's not something that you'd you'd really expect because you think that um horror is such a visual genre um but no they're really impactful all right let's move on question of the week let's wrap this up guys we got a question from anthony deriso one of our fucking og fans thanks for this question bro really appreciate it this got announced a few weeks ago, but we didn't get into our thoughts. What are your thoughts on the Bucky and Falcon TV show that's coming to Disney Plus from Marvel? Um, confusion. I'm pretty sure Bucky's dead. Holy shit. I think Falcon's I dead as well. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a real quiet show. Nobody who <sighs> listens to this podcast has watched Infinity War, guys. So I'm going to have <laughs> yeah. to. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Fuck. Um, my, no, my <laughs> parents actually just watched it for the first time yesterday or the wow. day before. Yeah. 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 Mom, Dad, sit yeah. down. It's <laughs> time <laughs> to watch Infinity War. I'll introduce you to your first Marvel movie. <laughs> I was literally talking to my dad today. He goes, holy shit, that went dark real quick. I was like, I fucking <laughs> yeah. know, right? He's like, bro, we've been doing this shit for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, the What do I think of it? Um, I, I like it. I like both those actors. I like both those characters. I think the camaraderie between them is cool. Um, you like this more than... Because you were really against the Loki film. Oh, oh sorry. TV yeah. series. Uh, 100%. So way more into this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Um, that, that was the follow-up I was looking for. <laughs> good. I Loki you. seems like... I don't see him as a main character. Like I can't see him doing an episodic style um, show. Like it just does it, it when I think about Loki. And I We've think gone through Loki. Why do you think this is good? Um, because I, I I feel like you could pull off a far more episodic, um, kind of fun, um, you know, mission based type TV series. I think it, it lends itself towards that. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense with Loki. Like, just think about this: Loki is the antihero, which means that he has to play off someone. I mean, that's just you know the way it works so how do you have that work in a tv series have is him he, play is off the, someone well but i mean he has to kind of play off <laughs> the way that it works is he, he's not the good guy but he so he, he plays off the good people but he's also not the bad guy and he plays off the bad guys and, and and every time that he's worked he's kind of sat in between the two so what are you gonna have a good guy and a bad guy in every episode maybe they clone I don't Loki think and he battles himself and Ooh. it's all about you know, yeah. but his inner turmoil. I don't think any of these shows are going to be episodic, though. I think they're going to be very limited series, like, you know, Hill House, like 10 episodes or however many, eight episodes of a story. If like, they go down that path. Like all that Netflix stuff. That's off. I mean, that could be the case. I, 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 maybe. No, I, I think that's the way to go about it. Yeah. If they keep it limited have and they, they don't they, do an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where there's seven, seven seasons, like, 
Have they indicated that they're going to do that at all? I mean, surely if they're getting A-grade talent, they're only going to be shooting short you know, seasons of these shows. Possibly. I'm really into that idea. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I love these two characters and I want to see more of them. The, some of the most fun stuff in like Civil War was the two of them and how much they fucking disliked each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, no, yeah, I like the chemistry. It's... um. Would yeah, it would be you know more fun I think to have Cap there as well, but uh, obviously that's not an option. So yeah, I'm into it. Cool. Well, there you have it, Anthony. That's our answer. You didn't really give your thoughts. Oh um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I said I, I think if they do it in that limited series format and it doesn't go. What what my main concern always is when I hear TV series is this is going to be a never ending eight mm. season slog yeah. that becomes so alienated from what the original premise and kind of like idea of the show is. Uh, not to say that a show can't evolve and change, but often they don't and often they become more corporatized and it's all about the bottom line. And I, I just hope that they keep this very nice and, and um, you know, contained and then do a Loki one, then do a this one, that one, insert character here, insert character there. You, you, you get the picture. <laughs> I think that is the better strategy for them. Yeah, Totally. Well, there we have it, guys. Weekly show all wrapped up for you. Don't forget, we're on the YouTubes. We're on the Apple Podcasts. We're on the Spotify. So we're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. Go follow us on all the channels. All all of those. Like, if you don't, you know, I'm going to be a little upset. All or none. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> if you're only in a couple of them, get out. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> and Connor's not going to say anything there. <laughs> okay. We're going to chime out of here. And don't forget to listen to our Ballad of Buster Scruggs review. We'll be back next week. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jump the gun and Bye. And to the podcast again. See ya. How are you, Connor? This is the least annoying you've ever been on this show. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Well, if you're just going to continue to fuck with the technology, I'm going to go take a piss. Excellent. <laughs> sure.